This is a podcast from China Daily Hong Kong. Thanks for tuning in to an edition of Story Spotlight, where we engage with a CDHK reporter and dive deeper into a recently published story which drew a buzz. I'll be speaking with CDHK Culture Desk editor Chitra Leka Basu on her recently published five-part article series on the museum scene in Hong Kong and the Greater Bay Area, and how they have fared and adapted to the mountain of challenges brought by the pandemic restrictions. Chitra Leka Basu, thank you for coming onto the podcast to speak with me. It's a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Hong Kong has not one but two highly anticipated museums opening up soon at the West and Kowloon District. M Plus, which is expected to open up this year, and the Hong Kong Palace Museum in 2022. All the while, the museum sector on the Chinese mainland appears to be flourishing. In this first part of a two-part series of Story Spotlight, Chitra Leka will share her uncoverings from architectural ingenuity, drive towards sustainability, and the push to expand its audience base. You pointed out challenges that Hong Kong museums are now facing in terms of rebuilding its allure and expanding its audience. Um, what do you think some of the other world museums that you find in other major cities like New York, Paris, or London is anything that Hong Kong can do differently that they should adopt from these cities, or is it more complex and is does it have something more to do with the public itself and the people itself in Hong Kong? Right, there are two parts to your question. Uh, the first is about I don't think uh, there's the the measures adopted by Hong Kong museums are fundamentally different from. What their counterparts are doing elsewhere in the world, the goal is the same,、uh, which is to kind of you know stay connected with the existing audience at a time when,、uh, in many cultures around the world, you know、uh, people are in lockdown and museums have been made off limits to the public,、right. and、uh, that's the primary goal.、Mm-hmm. And also in this space. Museums are trying to recruit new audiences as they go about it. So the goal for museums world the world over it's the same, and the way they are going about doing this is also primarily similar, which is to kind of you know convert as much as museum content as possible into the digital format and taking much of the show because a museum doesn't. Uh, is not only about kind of you know showcasing art and objects and you know heritage. It's、mm. also about you know talks, arranging seminars, guided tours, community outreach activities. All of these things. So、right. uh, museums have been trying to take this online,、mm. and so this is the general picture the world over.、Mm. Having said that, you know I'd like to point out that you know some of the museums. I do not know if there are examples of this in Hong Kong, but some of the museums outside of Hong Kong, say、uh, the name that comes to mind is、uh, the Garage Museum of Contemporary Art in Moscow.、Hmm. They are,、uh, you know, entities like these. They are doing things which are not strictly part of the museum's、uh, mandate because. They are kind of doing this for purely altruistic reasons, without any desire to promote themselves. Like、uh, they are sending warm meals to hospitals and senior citizens. So that kind of activity is、uh, also there. So you know, purely philanthropic activities. And uh, so, uh, would you like me to kind of you know point out what? Hong Kong museums, the kind of one or two examples of what Hong Kong museums have been doing. Yes, please. In the, in the community,、yeah. out, like so, it's community outreach sort of thing. Yeah, exactly.、Um, so、uh, they used to like the M Plus Museum, 
which will officially open only kind of in uh, later this year but you know they have had a presence in the city's cultural life since the last 10 years and so they have this community outreach program called this is a mobile studio called right. m plus rover which sort of visits schools and and you know they have been to over 90 schools in hong kong but when yeah. the pandemic began they took the show online uh, and suhania rafel who is the uh, director of m plus museum she tells me that the online show has reached uh, out to almost you know 4500 students and there, there's also another program which they did you know they created these interesting online shows like video program called the how did you two meet right. in which curators pick two unrelated pieces of art from the collection of m plus hmm. and they try to kind of you know find a connection that's really interesting yeah uh, so so uh, so so there has been a lot of activity and uh, yeah and there was the other part of your question which is about uh, recruiting new audiences uh, my answer to that would be yes that you know china that includes hong kong as indeed you know many other places in asia I, they do not have an evolved museum going culture in the same sense as europe or north america where museums have been in existence for centuries together that's true uh, that's like true. the british museum was founded in the i think the 1750s and so uh, they have this experience of living with museums for uh, several centuries Whereas the uh, first public museum in Hong Kong, which is the Hong Kong Museum of Art, that one opened only in I think it was 1962. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah, and and yes, and so it's it's less than 60 years. So there is there's an obvious difference uh, in in the sense that you know museums are a part of the everyday lives of people. Right. So right. yes, museums in Hong Kong have to work harder to find and recruit new audiences and be able to actually retain them by competing with other leisure and cultural facilities. Right. And right. I think the museums in Hong Kong are like the upcoming ones like M Plus and Hong Kong Palace Museum. They are very aware of this uh, challenge and they have dedicated teams trying to develop an understanding of Hong Kong audiences and what their needs are and work out ways of how best to cater to them. Right. Well, that's really interesting. I recall reading about the in your series, the M Plus Rover and the the online series and how mm -hmm. like it was to, to stimulate people's artistic sensibilities. Um, I'm guessing you probably like, you know, have, have submerged yourself into a lot of digital museums experiences during reporting this story. How would you just you personally, how would you compare that to the real the real experience? Is it something that can be that can grow and sort of perhaps re not replace, but have its it can have its existence? parallel to the real experience once you know once the pandemic lifts yeah, around hong it. kong right yeah exactly this is this is i mean you got to the uh, hit the nail on the head as it were uh, which is kind of the idea behind the uh, the on mass digitization of museum content that we saw in the wake of covid-19 it it was never meant to you know within quotes replace the experience of visiting museums in the physical space right. and sort of uh, you know museum viewing is like you know watching any other art form in a public space and it's meant to be a 
collective experience and the digital experience can never uh, really uh, substitute that for the uh, substitute the physical act of visiting a museum gallery. Right. So, right. So, but I must mention something here that's an interesting development that came out of this digitization drive, which was initially meant to be a stopgap arrangement, which yeah. is kind of, you know, it gives me access. Like Begin access to people who would not normally otherwise be able to come to be able to yeah, go to the Hong yeah, Kong Western Kowloon exactly. District. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the elderly people or physically disadvantaged people right. who can, won't be able to take the stress of you know museum visits. I right. think it's also this kind of, it allows you to kind of look at museum in the online format at your own pace, oh, you know, true. at your own time. Hmm. And also kind of, as you said, it kind of, you know, it gives access to people uh, across the board so it's a great democratizing facility sure sure and, that's true and uh, so hence it's kind of it's it's very welcome in that sense right do you think because to an extent to being able to appreciate arts and museum is a a luxury for the for you know the well-to-do or those with me- some sort of means to an extent and hong kong is such a city with uh, you know a huge wealth disparity just looking from the top to the bottom so is Hong Kong doing anything to sort of, are the, are the museums in Hong Kong rather doing anything to address this or um, to sort of foster the interest and the accessibility of the arts and museums to those who don't have the means to appreciate it? I think, you know, the, uh, yes, indeed, to kind of, you know, answer your question in, a, in one word, hmm. um, like the Hong Kong Museum of Art, for example, they have a sustained tradition of working with disadvantaged and underprivileged including the low income groups you know they right. have this uh, they have a program which is running for i think 12 years now hmm. that uh, kind of you know caters to exclusively to the disadvantaged and underprivileged people hmm. and also pay, uh, not to forget people with special needs and they have a collaboration with you know arts with the uh, arts with the disabled association of hong kong so they oh, have programs yeah tailored to kind of you know meet the needs of you know these uh, special groups right and right. of course you know in their galleries they have this you know audio description braille description sign language videos so there is a sort of palpable effort to reach out to people who need that kind of support sure right I really liked uh, the, there was a quote in your series. Um, it's kind of a long one, so I'll just go through it quickly. That at M plus, we will embrace these new references and frameworks as we continue to plan our programs and build our connection. That's what Surya said. Yet, can we do so without performatively demonstrating relevance, monetary worth, productivity, or moral hubris in our work, especially at a time when we should perhaps listen more and rethink existing assumptions? Yeah, I just think that that's such a resonating quote that can be applied in every sector it's almost like whatever they whatever the problems and challenges the museums are going through it's symbolic to everyone else that it's right that's right and that's indicative of it's an indicative uh, exactly it's indicative to uh, society at large uh, absolutely that uh, they are indeed and i'd like to mention you know one or two things that museums have you know taken a leaf out of uh, the current situation and tried to kind of you know make things better Mm. trying to uh, you know like you know after the 
say the tragic murder of uh, George Floyd in the in the US right. it it has now become an imperative for uh, museums in the United States to commit to having greater representation of minorities right on the staff and also in terms of content in also in terms of what they show to people that's all for part 1 of this segment guys Tune in next week for part two, where Chitraleka talks about how museums on the Chinese mainland are flourishing and the rising trend in cross-border collaboration between museums. Until then, stay healthy. <laughs>